When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got the authority, the Devi authority. This pot is just more to me. The Devi authority going way up. Taking my opponents down and going way up. Waiting is waiting you down. It's a bevy, a Devi. You can bet I stay ready. I ain't petty, I'm betting all up on me to defend these. All, all these titles and shits from, from concrete to two lit. Number one C, this is it. Pedal to metal, it's lit. I swear I, 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 I got the authority. The Debbie Authority. What's up, guys, and welcome into the Debbie Authority, coming to you through the airwaves of the media empire that is the Fantasy Authority. I'm Christian Welch, Evil Empire FF on Twitter, and I'm your host for this adventure. This is the first episode of this offseason and another first today for the Debbie Authority. We have our first ever guest of the show. Uh, so I had to bring in a subject expert for the subject of our show today. Uh, today, we're going to go over the group of five conferences, uh, the 2022 NFL draft prospects from all the small schools. So who better to go to than a campus to Canton expert, a guy that plays college fantasy football and has been watching film on these guys for three years. So bringing in my, one of my favorite absolute guys out there today, Rich Adams at uh, fanatics underscore rich on Twitter. He's with fanatics C2C. He's with the Debbie dashboard. He is the brand new podcast host for the fanatics C2C podcast on the Debbie deep dive channel. Rich, welcome, buddy. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do in the fantasy space. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, really excited to be here. This is like, I'd say, what, eight months in the making. We were talking about this, the beginning of the season. Finally, it's here. Uh, so like you said, uh, I'm a contributor to the Debbie Dashboard with Brandon Lejeune. Uh, I focus more on the C2C side of things. Uh, I do help out a little bit with the Debbie. Um, and, then, and then, like you said, I just started a, a brand new podcast, uh, the F- Fanatic C2C podcast with Joel Humphreys. And that uh, that gets released on the the Debbie uh, deep dive uh, feed. So, got a lot of things going on. Uh, and like I said, I appreciate having me on. Yeah, man, I'm glad to have you on. Like you said, it's been about eight months in the making. Honestly, Rich, I probably talked to you more via message, via via uh, you know Slack, uh, Discord, whatever than I do anybody else that's not with the Fantasy Authority in the community. So it's great to get on a mic with you. And I'm kind of excited for the subject matter in this one. So. Right now, the NFL draft's coming up next month. Everybody and their brother are talking to you about Traylon Burks and Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, Malik Willis even. Today, me and Rich want to talk to you about the guys that no one's really talking about. Um, so we're going to dive into the smaller schools, what we call the group of five. So not the SEC, not the Big Ten, not the ACC, the smaller schools. Who are these guys that are going to make an impact on our dynasty rosters going forward that that did not play on, on, a, on a school where you were probably watching them on TV on Saturday? So... Um, Malik Willis falls into that category being at Liberty, but w- with him, you know, rising up with the senior bowl performance and, and, you know, looking like he's going to be a top half of the first round pick, we're not going to talk about him today. Um, but everybody else we're going to get into that's, that's, you know, somewhat relevant to hit your dynasty radar here. So let's go ahead and dive into quarterbacks. And the first quarterback I want to ask you about rich is we're going to go all the way out West to Nevada. And let's talk about Carson strong. So Carson strong, six, four, 215 pounds, big guy. Tremendous year through the air this year, 70% completions, uh, 4,175 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. 
Rich, how, how do you feel about Carson Strong? What do you see when you watch him? Yeah, so like you said with Carson Strong, he's a big guy. He's 6'4", 215. Uh, Carson Strong, uh, his his biggest strength is his rocket arm, right? He can he can launch the ball uh, crazy, crazy downfield. Him and somebody that we'll talk about a little bit later, him and Romeo Dubs really teamed up well. Uh, he can fit balls into very, very tight windows. Some of the two most impressive throws that I saw were against Kansas State, and he just fit it between two defenders, and it's just kind of something that you like jump out of your chair. So his rocket arm is, is something that you need to watch. Yeah, one thing I hear about him that's kind of a, a negative is, is he seems to be one of those prototypical statue guys to where he's not really getting out of the pocket that much. Is, is mobility a concern for Carson Strong, do you think, transitioning to the next level? Well, so something with Carson Strong is he had uh, knee surgery before this last year. That knee surgery is generally a 10-month recovery. He came back in four months. So he had to wear a brace because of stability issues in the knee. So that really made him a statue. Uh, the end of the season, I want to say the last two games, he was able to get rid of that knee brace. He did bring back a little bit of mobility. He's never going to be a rushing threat, but he can move around in the pocket now that he has ditched that knee brace. And he did he did a little bit of that at, at, the, at the Senior Bowl as well. Okay, awesome. Well, that's good to hear that it may have only been because of the injury that he was there. Um, we know that the NFL is going more and more towards the mobile quarterback. Um, as far as the NFL, Rich, what, what are you hearing from the NFL circles? What kind of draft capital do you think we should see out of Carson Strong? So right now, he, he's probably going uh, third round. Uh, there may be a team that falls in love with him with his arm uh, and, and they take a chance on him in the second round, but he's probably going to be a day two uh, quarterback. Okay. So as far as dynasty value, we're kind of looking similar to where, where Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, uh, Kyle Trask, that group was last year. Is that what you'd say? That, yep, absolutely. That's, that's okay. actually a, a good range for him. Okay. Awesome. So the next player I want to talk about, I see a lot of people have him in that range, but this is a player I think with a tremendous amount of upside that depending on how things shake out, depending on where his landing spot is, I think can can be looked at a little higher than that range. But but right now I think he's kind of fallen in that that second tier of the quarterback class this year. Uh, and that's Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. So this is a, a guy that's been the starter at Cincinnati for a long time. And, you know, Cincinnati was in the playoff this year. I mean, this is a smaller school that is 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 playing out of their mind and producing at a high level. And this quarterback's another big guy. He's 6'4", 215, just like Strong, but a little bit different skill set. Wouldn't you say, Rich? I'd say this guy can get out of the pocket a little bit better than Carson Strong. <laughs> Going through Ritter's stats real quick, he was 65% passing this year, so not quite as accurate as Strong. Uh, he threw for 3,334 yards, 30 touchdowns to eight interceptions, and then rushed for 355 yards and six touchdowns on the ground, which was not a particular strong rushing performance for him. Desmond Ritter, notably, during his career at Cincinnati, has rushed for over 2,000 yards and turned in a 4-5 at the NFL Combine. So talk to me a little bit about mo uh, dual threat Desmond Ritter here from Cincinnati, Rich. Yeah, so you just said that the NFL is looking for that mobile quarterback now. Uh, Desmond Ritter is that guy. So I think that his rushing numbers are a little bit down this year because I think he wanted to focus on being in the pocket a little bit more. Uh, his weakness is his his passing game. Uh, his his accuracy, like you said, it's a little bit down and his consistency. Right. So I think that he tried to work on that uh, this season. Um, but like you said, this is a guy that runs a four or five. He can he can he can he can run. Um, and a lot of people still have him in uh, the, the late first round. Uh, I personally think that he's also going to be probably a second round quarterback. Uh, but once again, a, a team may jump up into the late first round and, and scoop up a guy that's maybe sit, sit a year and then and then play year two. Uh, a team that uh, could take him in the early second 
maybe your Atlanta Falcons sits a year behind Matt Ryan, develops a little bit, and then year two, maybe he gets the keys. I would love that, to be honest with you, because I'm in the boat to where I don't think Matt Ryan's washed. I think we've been really bad the past couple of years, and if we had a better surrounding cast, we'd be winning a little bit more with Matt Ryan. Ritter's a perfect guy to come in that's not a perfect prospect. You know, He doesn't have to play from day one. He could sit behind a future Hall of Famer like Matt Ryan, hopefully improve his passing a little bit, learn learn the ropes of the NFL. So I think that's a, a fit that I would really love quite a bit. Now, Rich, our, our playing style in fantasy football is a little bit different. I feel you're more of an evaluator, right? You're, you're, you're watching film on these guys. You're, you're, you're almost like an NFL scout. Me, I'm more of a, a strategy guy, more of a evaluator, right? So when I'm looking at these two quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter to me looks like a guy to where I, I can see his graph going more on an upward trend, right? With that dual threat ability, I, I see fantasy managers being more excited about him and his skill set. So if I'm picking between these two guys, I think I would go Ritter just because he he has the profile, I think, that will increase in value for us in fantasy. You as an evaluator, do, do you think Carson Strong's passing is is notably better than Ritter to where th- that, that shouldn't factor in? So, you know, for me thinking Ritter's the, the, the more valuable asset in fantasy, you know, tell, tell me on the evaluation end between these two guys as NFL prospects. No, so Carson Strong is obviously by far the better passer of the two. Um, but I think that Desmond Ritter's mobility – evens that out. And I think it, it also moves him ahead slightly. Um, they both played weaker competition, one being Mountain West, one being an American. Um, Desmond Ritter, I, I think that that rushing ability, especially for fantasy and, and regular NFL, I think he's going to be valued more highly. Would you, uh, would you use a second round dynasty pick on Ritter? I would. I'd probably, would. Uh, so n- I'm fate. So me personally, I'm fading these quarterbacks, all of them. Um, but I think if if I have a mid second round pick, I would spend I would spend it on 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 Desmond Ritter. Okay, probably Carson Strong in the third. Just that little bit difference. Late second for Ritter, early third for yep. Strong. Are you sneaking him into the second as well? Uh I could see Carson Strong going two eleven, two twelve, but probably more likely early third. Okay, sounds yep. good. Sounds like our our valuations on them at least as as fantasy assets are very similar. So. Uh, let's move on to the running backs, Rich. So the, the first running back I want to talk to is is one of my favorite in this class. Um, I, I'm doing everything I can to not bump him into all the way up to RB4. Uh, this is a guy that's currently sitting as my RB5, and that's Tyler Algier from BYU. Uh, so this is a former linebacker, Rich, turned running back. This this guy's only played the running back position for like two years. And, and man, is he figuring it out pretty fast. And, man, does he have the NFL size. This is a guy that's five foot eleven. 220 pounds with some good speed and he put up 276 carries 1,601 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns on the ground this year while also catching 28 balls for 199 yards in the receiving game tell me why I shouldn't be freakishly excited about Tyler Algier I can't I love Tyler Algier (laughs) so I've loved Tyler Algier since uh two years ago when when he was it was him and, and Zach Wilson. Now everybody said that uh, you know Algier was only productive because Wilson was there. Well, he just came back this year and ran for sixteen hundred yards without Zach Wilson. Uh, I mean, like you said, this kid is two twenty. He's a wrecking ball. He's got really good burst and acceleration. Uh, I think he's currently my RB six, but he's going to be moving up uh, after after this weekend and heading into the draft. I'm I'm all aboard with just like you, uh, Tyler Algier. 
Yeah, it's hard to watch him and not get excited about it. And especially for me, like he's only played the running back position for two years. A lot of these guys have played it all the way through high school, all the way through college, you know, coming up on maybe 10 years playing the position. This guy is just learning the position and he's already in this group. Like I I feel this guy hasn't even tapped into his ceiling yet. If he gets with the right team that's going to utilize him correctly, this is a guy I could see having a tremendous uh, NFL career and being a tremendous fantasy asset for us. Yeah, and I mean, and and with with these linebackers that are transitioning over to to running backs, they understand leverage, right? So as he's coming through the hole, he uses really good pad level. You see this with uh, a, a freshman running back from Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, who mm-hmm. lit college of, of on fire, right? So you're seeing this. You see Abram Smith from from Baylor. So you see these guys that are transitioning from being linebackers to running back, and I think that it helps them because, like I said, they understand that leverage. Absolutely. And that's a great way to put it, Rich. I think everybody that watches football knows that the low man usually wins. And a lot of time when we're talking about running backs, we're like, oh, that guy runs a little bit upright. And I feel a lot of people say those things without realizing the, you know, actual like fundamentals of it. You know, him being lower, you know, when he's coming through those holes and and beating the linebackers to that low point. That's why you see some of the power that he demonstrates. And it's it's, you know, it's apparent that that he's got a great understanding of that. And like I said, only two years into playing the position, he's only going to get better. So the next running back I want to talk to, Rich, is is Desmond Ritter's teammate over at Cincinnati. And and this guy is probably the fastest running back in this class. Uh, It's Jerome Ford of Cincinnati, formerly of Alabama. Uh, He's 5'11", 215. Like I said, speed is his game. Uh, 215 carries this year, 1,319 yards, 19 rushing touchdowns, and had 21 catches for 220 yards and a receiving touchdown as well. So had over the 20 catches that I look for, had a tremendous season on the ground. Obviously, Cincinnati was – was great. Maybe this type of uh, production was why Desmond Ritter's rushing was a little bit down. So, Rich, tell me what you think about the the speed back forward here, why it didn't work out at Alabama, why it was so good at Cincinnati this year, and how he transitions to the NFL. Yeah, like you said, for Ford, his game is is speed. Now, in addition to that, he he does have some power. You know, he's two 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 hundred fifteen pounds, so he he can uh, he can run some run through some tackles. Now, Alabama, I mean, everybody knows Alabama's. Uh, running back room is constantly loaded, right? So some of these guys have to transfer in order to just get playing time. And I think that that's what happened with Jerome Ford. I think that he made the correct decision. Unfortunately, last year with the COVID year, I think that that's why he didn't take the job last year uh, because they didn't have off-season workouts and he had to wait until this year. Um, but I mean, he, 1,300 yards, like you said, 21 receptions. Uh, he's a good receiver. Uh, he's not. He's not great. But he's not bad, you know. He he uses his hands well, uh, so I mean, I I think that he's going to be a good NFL running back, in my opinion. Is he going to get day two capital? So I think that the last that I saw, he's trending towards day three. Uh, I don't understand it. I think that he is a third round uh, running back, but the last I saw, it was round four or five. Now this is smoke season uh, with the NFL, so. That could just be smoke screens, and we'll be able to tell as we get closer to the uh, to the draft. So you're going to want to pay attention to that. Yeah, and, and we'll see. I, th- I think I think a lot of savvy uh, dynasty managers or, or Devi managers um, are a little bit more flexible with the running back position into that early fourth. Like we saw Michael Carter last year go at the very top of the fourth, and I think a lot of people feel pretty pretty good about him um, as a fantasy asset for us. So if four can go at least in the top half of that fourth, uh, I think that he'll be somebody we'll be you know excited to have. Well. And and with these running backs, you have to. We just I just spoke about this with uh, Britt Sanders on his podcast. Uh, you got to think of this too, uh, with the way that the NFL is fading running backs in the first uh, first round. The second round is kind of the new first round, you know. So round mm-hmm. early round four, it's kind of the the old round three. So, like you said, Michael Carter, 
turned out that he, he he's going to be a useful running back. I think that the same thing could be could be going on here too as well. Oh, for sure. the The first round is extinct until until next year when when Bijan and Gibbs break hey. the model again. <laughs> can't 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 wait. All right, so let's move on to another guy, Rich. And this is a guy I think both of us like. I think you like him a little more than me. I think you actually love this player. And uh, we're going out to the University of Texas at San Antonio, the Roadrunners, and we're going to talk about their Roadrunner, their running back, Sincere McCormick. Uh, this is a little 5'9 guy, but he's packing 200 pounds, so he's he's not on the no-no list for us. And, man, what a, what a season for Sincere McCormick. 299 carries, 1,479 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, and, again, over that 20 mark in receptions that I'm looking for, 22 catches for 184 yards. Rich, l- let me hear you glowingly talk about Sincere McCormick and why you like him so much. All right, so so Sincere McCormick is is one of my my deep sleepers for this draft. Okay, uh, a lot of people that play regular dynasty they usually just focus on the Power Five conferences, which is why we're going into the G Five. All right, you're going to want to write down Sincere McCormick's name. All right, his game is he has really good vision, really good burst, and he has top end speed. Okay, like you said, he went to UTSA. All right, so my comp kind of he, he doesn't he's not as, as good of a receiver as this player but aaron jones ish all right if he can get into a good system i think that he can be the next aaron jones now aaron jones went to utep so similar similar area same conference we don't see very many conference usa running backs make it to the nfl but i think this kid is the exception like you said he's 200 pounds he does have to work on his contact balance sometimes he does go down a little bit easily um but speed is his game. Yeah, I, I love this guy. He's a guy that I'm, I'm going to try to get as much as I can. But, but, Rich, we're in a draft together right now, and you can see that I am I am not one of these guys that's willing to pay the rookie tax. If, if everybody wants to reach and get the, get the new shiny toys on their team, I will happily kick back and take the same old guys. So hopefully in some of my Dynasty <laughs> rookie drafts, I can actually pick up some, some sincere McCormick with my rookie draft capital because it's clearly not happening for me in any draft I'm in with you. So... Um, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So, sincere McCormick, draft capital. What do you think he's looking at? Is he another day three guy, or do you think he's got a chance to sneak into the third round there? Yeah. No, I think he'll go early day three. Uh, I could see probably the the later later end of round four, maybe early round five. But like I said, you're going to want to pay attention to to the team that he goes to. All right. Um, but yeah, he, he'll definitely be a day three guy. Okay. Awesome. So the next back and the last back we're going to talk about today is not a group of five prospect. It's actually below the group of five. So we're going out of the FBS all the way down to the FCS here over to South Dakota State University. And we're going to talk about Pierre Strong Jr., their running back. And what's interesting here is, you know, I, I know Debbie is the niche of Dynasty and I have Rich on. C2C is the the, the niche of Debbie. This guy's not even on anyone's C2C rosters because as far as I know, Rich, most C2C leagues are, are not including F, uh, FBS schools or FCS schools, I'm sorry. Uh, so Pierre Strong Jr., is, is he on any of your rosters, or is, is he one to miss because of how small his school is? Nope. So like you said, uh, C2C just does FBS players, okay? So these FCS guys that are coming up, uh, we don't have them rostered, right? So now I have seen Pierre Strong play uh, just a little bit. I haven't seen much film yet. I did watch the Colorado State game. Uh, from I think it was week one of this season, and he looked really good. I want to say South Dakota State won that game, uh, and a, in, a, in a large part was because of Pierre Strong. Uh, he has good vision, has good burst through the line, and and he, he has decent power from what I saw. But he's definitely somebody that I'm going to have to go back and, and watch a little bit more of. i got to find some film. But he he dominated at South Dakota State. 
Yeah, he's definitely the player we know the least about of the guys we're going to talk about today. But uh, again, he's 205, so he's 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 got enough size. He's 5'11". Um, and here's the production this year at South Dakota State. 240 carries, uh, 1,673 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. And again, over, over 20 receptions. He had 22 catches for 150 yards receiving. So this is a guy that I'm going to be looking into more between now and the NFL draft. But a lot of people... Uh, that I trust have have been excited about this guy. So I'm looking forward to looking into him more. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So let's transition over to wide receiver, Rich, and, and we're going to stay in the uh, the FCS level here. And this player, I think a lot of the people listening may have heard of at this time. This is this is arguably the highest riser um, as far as stock going into this draft in the past month, starting with the senior bowl down in Mobile. And that's Christian Watson from North Dakota State University. So this guy played with Trey Lance, who was one of his receivers there. And this guy is a side speed freak. Uh, the height adjusted speed score on this guy is going to be absolutely insane. So he's 6'4", 208, and he ran a 4'28 at the NFL uh, Combine. Uh, 43 catches, 800 yards, and seven touchdowns at North Dakota State this year. But the production really doesn't matter with a guy that we're talking about a 6'4", running a sub 4'3". So, Rich, Christian Watson, I'm sure you know a little bit more about him than Pierre Strong, but t tell me what you got on this, this size speed freak right here. Yeah, so I mean, he like you say, he's a he's a crazy athletic freak. He's six four, like you said, he ran a four two eight at the combine today. Um, now, his statistically, uh, the the analytics guys may not like him because he only had forty three receptions, eight hundred yards. But you got to understand that North Dakota State is a very very run heavy team, right? So uh, he dominated the wide receiver room on that team. I, I don't know offhand what his market share was, but it's it's probably well above thirty percent. Um, he went to the combo, uh, went to the the senior bowl week and everybody was raving about him. Uh his speed, his twitch, even at 6-4, his twitchiness in and out of breaks was excellent. Soft hands. Uh so yeah, he he's definitely probably the biggest riser of anybody that we're going to talk to today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, that you know, there's the same concerns there was for Lance, you know, the it's the same school, you know, is he playing at a high enough level, but I mean, you don't get many guys that are 6'4", 208 running sub 4'3", Rich. So I think this guy is going to see some draft capital, and I think we're going to be, you know, putting a pretty good value on him and, for the next couple. Yeah, of years. and I, and I mean, and I mean, that's why it, for the for him specifically, that's why going to the Senior Bowl was so important because he was able to go against competition of at the FBS level, right? FBS cornerbacks play with FBS uh, quarterbacks and and just get a little bit of exposure to NFL teams. So I think it was really yeah. important to him. And I'm glad you said that because most of our listeners will know that I am not a big fan of people not being early declares. Usually I'm knocking the seniors a little bit, 
Um, with with guys at smaller schools like this, I mean, they don't have the exposure, the prospect pedigree. You expect most of these guys to be four-year players. It's very unusual yeah. that you have an early declare uh, from this group. But the next one, correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, is a he group is. of five early declare, which is unheard of. Um, and we're going to go to Western Michigan, a school that's actually pretty consistent about putting receivers into the NFL, believe it or not. Uh, we've got Dwayne Eskridge and, and Corey Davis also from there. Um, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, 5'10", 195, 439 at the NFL Combine. And listen to this season, 95 catches, 1,292 yards and 10 touchdowns this year. So, Rich, what can you tell me about this group of five early declare Sky Moore? Yeah, so a lot of people were very, very surprised uh, when Sky Moore declared. I think a lot of people probably did not even have him in their rankings for for this draft. We just assumed that he was going to go back to school. Uh, so when he did declare, he started shooting up boards really fast. This guy is 5'10", 439, like you said. But not only is he four, not as not only does he have that straight line speed, he has real twitchiness, right? So he gets in and out of breaks really fast. There's a lot of film where the cornerbacks that he's going against turn their hips as if he's going on a go route when he's actually going on a slant and he's got like five yards of separation and it's consistent. Uh, so he, he's, he's an incredible talent. Yeah. He's somebody I'm excited to see at the next level because you know, you and I both respect Brendan Lejeune a ton and what does he preach? Separation, separation, separation. And when you watch Scott Moore, I mean, that separation is there and it happens fast, you know? So yeah. is, is it a level of competition thing or is this guy just really that much of a technician? So he's a guy I'm excited about. And I, I think with his combine performance, people, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about him today. So he's a guy I think is going to be more expensive um, here in a month than he is right now. So maybe go ahead and well, get your Sky Moore before everybody catches on. Yeah. And so one, one thing about Sky Moore, he, he does need to develop a couple of more moves. Uh, he has this stutter step and then go to the slant. So he does get caught up a few times, sometimes where the DB will be in his hip pocket. Um, so, you know, minor things that he can develop at the next level. He can easily be taught that. Uh, but overall, you should be very excited about Sky Moore. Absolutely. Uh, so the next receiver I want to talk about is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. So the, the Senior Bowl was a home game for him, uh, played at his home stadium there in Mobile. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rich, but he came in a little smaller today than we thought he was, right? I thought he was a closer to closer to 6'3", and I think he came in at 6'1", 194 today. So a little smaller than we expected, but nonetheless a productive player. Uh, 82 catches, 1,474 yards, eight receiving touchdowns, and a 4-4-4 at the NFL Combine. So, Rich, what do you got for me on Jalen Tolbert? Yeah, Jalen Tolbert, I mean, he he's a solid player. Uh, he's somebody that you won't like because he's a, he's a year four guy. Um, but, I mean, watching his film, he's got strong hands. Uh, I watched specifically the, the Tennessee game. Uh, there was a couple plays in that Tennessee game where the, the cornerback was draped all over him, and he had the concentration and play strength to be able to, to secure the ball and even break away from that, that whether it be a hold or, or the tackle itself. So he has some, some real skills. Uh, he may be also system dependent. He might have to be restricted to a, a slot guy, um, which may limit his upside a little bit. But I mean, I think that he has 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 pretty good talent. Is he a guy that could sneak into day two, or are we looking fourth, fifth round for Tolbert? Probably fourth, fifth round, uh, especially with all these running backs that are going crazy today, running really fast. Um, oh, yeah. I think I I think Tolbert is, is a is a day three guy. Um, you're probably going to draft him as a dart throw in, in third or fourth rounds of your of your rookie drafts, if I had to guess. Okay. 
I got you. So the next player, Rich, I, I had to like double take and make sure that this was still a group of five school because th- this school kind of <laughs> feels like they're they're you know Pac-12 worthy. You know, maybe that's me being lower on the Pac-12 than I should be, or maybe it's that this school <laughs> really has been pretty good for quite a while. And that's Boise State. So we're going over to Idaho and we're going to talk about their receiver, Khalil Shakir. So six foot, one ninety six, four four, even at the NFL Combine. And this year, 77 catches for 1,117 yards and seven receiving touchdowns. So so what do you got for us on Khalil Shakir playing on the blue field out in Idaho? Speed. That's what I have for him. Uh, this kid is extremely fast. Uh, he create creates separation really well. Now, like you said, he's I believe he's in the Mountain, uh, the Mountain West. So it could just be the talent that he's playing against. Um, but he's consistently open, right? He 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 can beat you deep. He can beat you on slants, posts, whatever he wants to run. Uh, very, very technically sound, and he and he did well at the Senior Bowl uh, against that against that the the competition there. So I'm really excited for him. I might actually uh, be moving him up my ranks a little bit, and I might be looking at him in the second round of rookie drafts. Nice. Yeah. Now, as we're gonna say, he's a guy I think can squeeze into the third round. Correct. Yeah, I think he can go. Yeah, I think he can go late, late day, day two, especially after the the performance he had today. Okay. Side question here: How many wide receivers do you think we see go in the first two days of the NFL draft? Oh boy, Um, that's a good question. Yeah, because Tolbert was a cutoff there. You know, we were like, okay, he's probably into the fourth there. And you know, that's got me wondering because I think a lot of people have Tolbert coming around that wide receiver like 15, 16 ish area. Right. So, you know, we're kind of getting think, close to being able to put a number on how many we think are gonna go in the in the first two days there. What what would you say? I think twelve probably could go in the first 12. two days, maybe thirteen. Uh okay. yeah, I think twelve or thirteen. Especially okay. after, like I said, after some guys some guys' performances today, they'll shoot up boards. Um, so I mean I can see twelve or thirteen for sure. Any uh two two Atwells or Dwayne Eskridges coming in that are uh, a little off our radar? <laughs> Uh, Calvin Austin is somebody you're going to want to keep, keep an eye on. He, he came in at five, eight today, but, uh, the events he dominated, I believe he ran a four, two, eight 40, uh, vertical was 39 inches. And then he had a really good broad, broad jump. So his, his explosion scores are going to be really good for somebody that came in at five, eight. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought him up because he honestly should have uh, made this list as a, a G5 receiver there. So glad we got a little Calvin Austin in there. Uh, the last one I did have on our on our list today, Rich, was going back up to Carson Strong. This is his number one wide receiver and his roommate at, at Nevada, and that's wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. So I went and found a video of him talking um, in high school when he was being recruited, and he clarified to the person interviewing him that it's actually Dobbs. Um, so the, the U will throw you off a little bit, but Romeo Dobbs from Nevada, 6'2", 200 pounds. Again, Carson Strong's roommate, so there's a good rapport there. They're getting extra work in together, and it paid off this year for 80 catches, 1,109 receiving yards, and 11 receiving touchdowns. Um, I don't believe he ran the 40 today at the combine. I I have not seen a time come across from him, so I'm not sure what, what his measurables are as far as speed, but Again, Rich, that's why I've got you here today. You, you, you've had Romeo Dobbs on your team probably for three years now. So tell us about him. Yeah, so so Romeo Dobbs, he, he's he's going to be a field stretcher uh, at the next level. Uh, Carson Strong really, really, really did well throwing the ball deep down the field to Dobbs and just letting him run, un, run underneath of it. Uh, he does struggle a little bit trying to get in and out of breaks and creating separation. He, he struggled at the senior bowl. DBs were, were pretty much all over him, uh, but he's really good at stretching the field. Um, so think 
I don't want to say Will Fuller, but somebody somebody similar to that uh, that type of game. Okay, so kind of like a one trick pony. He's really just a, a deep threat at the NFL level. Yeah, and I mean he could develop. Uh, he could develop at the next level, but I think as of right now, that's that's pretty much what he's going to be limited to. Because like I said, okay. even at the Senior Bowl, there was DBs that were draped all over him. Well, Rich, that's a, that's it for the wide receivers. Let's transition over to our last position at tight end. And the first guy, I believe, has, has vaulted all the way up to the tight end one in this class. So for a long time, it seemed like Jalen Wademeyer, the early declare out of Texas A&M, was going to be the tight end one in this class. But I haven't seen much of that lately, Rich. All the talk I've seen is on Colorado State tight end Trey McBride. Uh, 6'3", 260, uh, 90 catches this year for 1,121 yards. And get this, Rich, only one receiving touchdown because I don't think Colorado State's that that great. So what do you have for me on Trey McBride, the, the new tight end one in this class, and, and how we only scored one touchdown at Colorado State this year? Yeah, Trey McBride, uh, he's he's been my tight end one for quite a while, uh, I think even, even after last season. So he only had one reception, obviously, this year. Colorado, Colorado State was not very good, uh, as evident by they fired their coach, brought in a whole new system, everything. Uh but even last year, last year during the COVID year, I believe they only played five or six games. They only had four passing touchdowns. Trey McBride had four receiving touchdowns. So he had a hundred percent touchdown market share. share. That's right. That's so pretty nice. He's yeah, he's been dominating even before this year. Uh the thing with McBride, he's not super fast, but he is unbelievably strong at the catch point. He uses his body really well to shield defenders, uh, and he has really strong hands to bring that ball in. Uh, he's very technically uh, sound, and he's a very good blocker. So he, he's definitely got a bright future in front of him. What was this guy's dominator rating this year? Do you have that in front I don't, of you? Is it like it, it, north of 60? It, <laughs> I, it, it was, I want to say it was right around 60. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that is nuts. But sounds like he's going to be the real deal. I've heard in, in, in some tight end, tight end premium leagues, some people taking him the back of the first, early second. Do you think he's worthy of that kind of rookie capital? Uh, no, I, I would take no. him in the second. I would take him in the second. I just think that there's too much talent at uh, the wide receiver position, uh, even in tight end premiums, to pass on that. So early second, that's perfectly fine. Where would you say he compares to last year's tight end to uh, Pat Fryermuth? Probably very similar. Very similar. I so you take them kind yeah. of similar because Fryermuth was kind of going late second after that group of receivers uh, kind of ended yep. with Terrace Marshall and Elijah Moore. Then you kind of started seeing Fryermuth come off there in like the Monroe St. Brown area. So is that that kind of what you're thinking for McBride this year? Kind of that mid to late second. Well, I think McBride can sneak up a little bit more just because the there's not the quarterback talent as last year, right? So yeah. they had five, five quarterbacks that pushes everybody down a little bit. So mm -hmm. McBride could sneak up just a little bit because of that, but they're very similar. Yeah, five in the top 15 last year, you know, until until this Malik Willis rise. We weren't sure if we had any in the top 15 this year. So yeah. well, he, definitely yeah. two different classes. So the next tight end, Rich, is a guy that I know both of us like. And I remember one day on Twitter, you were getting excited uh, for a Coastal Carolina game like us degenerates do, you know, ready to watch Grayson McCall slinging on like a Thursday night. And and you were tweeting about it and you were talking about Grayson McCall and Javion Haley and how you were looking forward to watching the Coastal Carolina offense. And I'm over here like, this man didn't mention Isaiah Likely. What's the deal here? Like, where's Isaiah Likely? So I comment, and I'm like, Rich, what's the deal? And uh, Isaiah Likely goes on to put up, I think, 200-plus yards that day, four touchdowns, just absolutely blows up. Um, you know, last year he put up 59 catches for 912 yards and 12 uh, receiving touchdowns. Again, four of those came in the game in which I was just talking about. But 6'3", 245. 
you know, was definitely Grayson McCall's top target, in my opinion. Haley was kind of up and down, likely was the consistent force there. What do you have for me on Isaiah Likely? And, and what did you think that day when when you, you <laughs> accidentally left him out and he put up four touchdowns after I called you on it? Well, the, the funny part about that is 10 minutes after you called me out on it, I believe he, he scored a 90-yard touchdown. Uh, so literally, as soon as I pick up my phone after replying to your message, I see that he has this 90-yard touchdown. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Uh, but no, Isaiah Likely is a very, very good tight end. He is climbing boards fast, uh, especially after today when he, when he weighed in at 245 pounds. So the big concern with Likely was his weight. Uh, he would get blown up a lot when he would try to block defensive ends. Now, I understand people, fantasy players don't want tight ends that block. But if you can block a little bit, that's what gets you onto the field, right? So you have to be able to at least be serviceable. Now, being 245 pounds, that's different than being the expected, say, 235, right? So I think because of that, during the gauntlet today, he looked extremely uh, fluid. He looked really, really good. So he had a good day today. Uh, I think that he could probably sneak into the fourth round, maybe late third of, of the actual NFL draft. Nice. Yeah. You and I were talking about him before we went on today and, you know, just a very smooth athlete. Like it looked, it looked effortless while he was out there today. It looks like he just really has a good feel for this, for the sport and how to control his body out there. Uh, so let's go on to our last tight end, Rich. This will be the last player we talk about today. Um, we're going back out to Nevada. So you heard me earlier mention that, you know, Romeo Dobbs was Carson Strong's roommate. Their other roommate was their tight end, Cole Turner. So the three of these guys living together, constantly in the playbook together, constantly putting in extra work together, paid off on the field at Nevada. That was a great offense they had while they were in school there. Uh, but let's talk about how Cole Turner is going to transition to the next level, Rich. He, 62 catches, 677 yards, 10 re receiving touchdowns this year. So productive year and good size on this guy. Six foot five, uh, 240. So, you know, maybe we'd like to see him a little bit heavier, but but good height here. How do you feel about Cole Turner uh, out of Nevada? And, and, you know, in contrast to his teammates, Strong and Dobbs there, is he going to transition as well as them? Yeah, so you, you pointed out he, he had a strong year. Uh, he, he flourishes going down the seam. Uh, but he's kind of limited on what he can do. Uh, he do he doesn't have a diverse route tree, and he's actually fairly slow. I think he ran a mid-four sevens today in the 40. Ooh. And that, yeah, that combined with uh, not, not such a good week at the Senior Bowl, I think that he has really dropped in a lot of draft boards. Uh, and I, I personally, I don't think that I'm even going to draft Cole Turner. Yeah, if he if he's that slow, that's bad news for him because he he if I remember correctly is actually a converted wide receiver. Uh, so that two forty may may be on the, the the top end of where he can get to. He's not a guy that's probably going to add more weight at the NFL level. He may have already maxed out that frame as a former wide receiver. And if he's coming in in the four sevens, being on you know the, the smaller side and and pretty much only running wide receiver uh, type routes and not really contributing much in, in other areas of the game for like you want to see out of a tight end that that may hurt his draft capital, which in turn will hurt him you know, being on our rosters long enough to contribute for us in fantasy. So um, yeah. am I right there about he, him being a former wide receiver? Is he the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, I believe so. And and I don't know what it is about it, but I get very uh, Hunter Bryant vibes, right? So Hunter Bryant used to play at Washington. Mm. Uh, everybody, everybody in the fantasy community had him ranked fairly high, uh, and then he actually ended up going undrafted, right? I think that this could be a similar type thing. 
Yeah, I feel like there's always that tight end dropping too. And like with Hunter Bryan, it was like a drop off of a cliff. I mean, he, like you said, he mm-hmm. didn't get drafted. I think he got signed by the Lions as an undrafted free agent and, you know, barely even, you know, sniffed seeing the field for them. And, you know, he was a guy that was, you know, top three tight end for, for people coming out that year. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll see if that happens again. Last year, Brevin Jordan, he was a guy that that I liked a lot. And I just I couldn't believe it on draft day, just watching him and round, round go by, round go by. And there he's just still sitting there. Luckily, he – you know, saw the field towards the end of the year and looks like he's going to be a solid player. But I, I was shocked that he he was just falling and falling and falling. So, um, you know, we'll see if Turner's that that tight end that's dropping this year. But I don't think he's in that same tier of prospect as Jordan. I'm with you. He's not really a guy that I'm interested in. But likely in McBride, I, I, I like. So absolutely. Uh, so so to put a bow on that, that's all the players we wanted to go through. Just to recap, uh, Ritter and Stronger guys we like in that that range that we saw last year with with Mills, Trask, and and Mond with Ritter being the one with the higher upside. At running back, Rich and I both love Tyler Algier from BYU. Just now tapping into that potential at the position, you know, the highest ceiling of the group we talked about. Uh, Sincere McCormick's a guy Rich just absolutely loves. Um, Christian Watson, the the size speed freak that put up the 428 at the Combine today. Sky Moore, the unusual uh, group of five early declare, 439 at the Combine today, tremendously productive. Uh, Khalil Shakir, another day two guy that Rich gave us there out of Boise State. Uh, and then Trey McBride and Isaiah likely look like guys that could get, well, Trey McBride's probably going to get first round capital, but Isaiah likely looks like he could get that third round capital as well that we're looking for. So some exciting players we talked about today. Um, maybe you guys will acquire some of these guys in your rookie drafts. Maybe, maybe we scared you on some of these guys and you're going to avoid them, but either way, we appreciate Rich joining us today. We appreciate the the college knowledge, the knowledge that he dropped on us. Um, Rich, thanks again for joining me, buddy. It was great to finally jump on a, on a mic with you. All of you guys go follow Rich on Twitter at fanatics underscore Rich. Rich, what what, what are you going to leave the listeners with? What, what what do we need to check out? Tell us what you're working on. You know how how can we get more involved with your content? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Check out the the Devi dashboard. Uh, either send me a message or Brandon Lejeune. Uh, that's at Devi Deep Dive on Twitter. Uh, basically, it's a it's a resource center for you to do research whether you're playing in Devi. Uh, C2C or even just dynasty, right? We have, we have rankings, we have uh, scouting reports on, on all these players that are coming out. And then, like I like we said earlier, I did, we did just start up a, a podcast, uh, the fanatic C2C podcast. And that does drop on the uh, Debbie deep dive feed. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I love your stuff. I know my listeners will love your stuff as well. And I'm excited for them to get to know you a little bit. So that's all I got for today, guys. Please leave a rate and review for the podcast. It helps us grow and reach more people. Uh, join the Fantasy Authority community on Discord. We'd love to interact with you in there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. Follow me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. I'll catch you guys next time. All, all these titles and shits from, from concrete to tulip. Number one C, this is it. Pedal to metal is lit. I swear I, I, I got the authority. The Debbie Authority. This pot is just more to me. The Debbie Authority going way up. Taking my opponents down and going way up. Waiting is waiting you down, yeah. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.